0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Leadership Podcast Network.
1: G'day, I'm Derek Hannah and welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. And The One Thing is brought to you thanks to Rich Australia. Now, uh, it's just me with a special guest I'll introduce in a second uh, today, talking about a paper, really, that I wrote a year ago on social media. It's an internal paper, so you're not gonna get your hands on it, no one's gonna see it. It was a, more a memo, to be honest, if I'm gonna be honest, not really a paper. Uh, but it was around the question of what role social media should play in the life of the church. Now, I'm not on social media, so obviously that gives away a position that I have. But I wrote it because I was disturbed at how I saw churches and leaders engaging this space in ways that hijacked their ministries, um, and and I would argue nurtured an unhealthy social dynamic and engagement that seemed like it had no bearing at all on the mission of the church. But as my team constantly reminds me, I'm old, and, and too often a bit grumpy about this particular topic. And so I wanted to be pushed on this. Now, I, there's particular people uh, who I know are very thoughtful in this space, and I happen to be good friends with one of them. So I thought I'd get him on because he won't mind calling me out um, if I'm just being unreasonable with this. Um, and I know he shares the same convictions I have. He, he's on, uh, you know, same drive as I, he wants to see people come to know Jesus. He wants to see people grow to, to be like him. So the special guest i will invited on today um, uh, for this episode titled, Should Church Leaders Even Be on Social Media, is Roger Fitzhardy.
0: Roger, thanks for coming on. Pleasure, Derek Hennard. Nice to be here with you and the team.
1: As a leader, now I know, again, just as we get into this robust discussion, part of the, the, the good thing for me and my heart in having you on is that I know you will push me and with where I need to be. And I know you're thoughtful in this. So as a leader, can I ask you, as you've grappled with leading a church, the theological implications of social media and communication, what's your approach
0: to social media and how does it play out in your leadership and ministry? So uh what what's my approach to social media? I think there's there's a public and a personal. So there's a church approach to social media and then there's a personal approach. Do you want to nuance your question a little bit better? Well uh, okay.
1: <laughs> That's no no, let me push into that then. Because the challenge with ministry is often there's this blurring of the lines between the public and the personal. Now, yeah. I get the corporate. You are There's a, a church face, but there's also Roger the leader face yeah. and Roger, my friend, I go for beers with face. Yeah. Um, and so the, in ministry, those lines are blurred. So how have you distinguished between public and personal there?
0: Yeah, so I don't hesitate to share church stuff on my personal page, um, mm. but I'm pretty committed to like I have... Plenty of friends who aren't Christians and I want my my presence on social media to not be just me sharing the live stream of my church and all the things I do for church. I will like so I was looking at a a friend's page last week and nineteen out of twenty posts were sharing the live stream from their church. Now <laughs> that's fine. That's a choice that person's made, but that's not the presence I want to portray. I want to be a person who lives in the real world, who acknowledges the beautiful things about the world. You know, I think a Christian aesthetic is part of who we are. We love the world that God has made and there's beautiful bits about it. And uh, I want to be part of a church that acknowledges the complexities of life, the difficulties and the griefs that being in the world is like. And so I'm committed on social media, on my personal page, to not just happy things all the time because I think there needs to be a space for the complexities, without it mm. being vague booking, where uh, I'll explain that to you, Derek, as a person who's not on Facebook, <laughs> 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 uh, where you say, "Oh, so things are so hard at the moment," and then you don't give any details or what. You what do you mean,
1: Roger? It? What What's hard for yeah. you, mate? Tell me. <laughs> Is that what it is? Is that
0: dealing with people who don't like social media? Yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. So you want to be you want to be uh, open and honest with people without airing dirty laundry necessarily, but try, yeah. not trying to put on a everything is rosy face. Yeah,
0: that's right, and it, because and that flows out of a theological conviction about what church should be like. Uh, mm-hmm. That church is a place where we <laughs> we gather together as the people of God in our imperfection. And the gospel is for people who don't have it all together. I think one of my bugbears about Christian communities is whether they're in person or whatever online presence that Christian community has, it can feel like you've got to have it all together to be a part of it. And so I think that theological conviction drives my use of social media, especially on a personal level. Yeah.
1: And that's, this is, look, I've got a few triggers it's it's uh, that uh, and i probably don't have a few i've probably got a lot but one of the things which really sets me off is um the triumphalism that so often pervades uh some leaders uh, posts their social media presence can you give the, me
0: the i give me an example of the sort of thing that you want to stab someone about
1: um, I, well, without advocating violence in any way, um, <laughs> the, it, it's the, it's a betrayal that, um, ministry, things always go according to plan for me and mine. Um, or it's the, maybe it's like vague booking. Maybe it's the betrayal sometimes, um, of sharing something, which is really just a humble brag. Yeah. That's what it is. and. Yeah. And so I see that so often. So I have a Facebook profile, which has no friends, because I'm part of a, a group for planters and part of a soccer club and those kind of things. And so, you know, every now and then someone will send me something. I can go on and see what some leaders are saying, not just in the Christian world, but world in general. And I think that is one of the things that makes me very nervous. When Christian leaders... Um, so much of what they portray is triumphalism, humble bragging, where they talk about Jesus, but it's not about Jesus at all. It's really about them. And I think, wow, there's a a massive disconnect there. Not saying that's always
0: like that, but it just can feed that narcissism
1: and it makes me very nervous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think we've been through a phase in the last five years where, narcissism in church leaders has been rightly called out hmm. um and you know in all of these situations we want to look at the seesaw or the pendulum where we swing from uh, as christians we want to delight in the work that god is doing in people and if you're leading an organization i'd expect you to be enthusiastic about geneva push hmm. um I don't expect you to in every second post talk about openly the difficulties and the struggles of recruiting and training and coaching church planters but there is a space for that amidst the hey you know we want to see thousands of church churches planted what's your goal 200 in the next five years by 2030 not
1: next five. years you may be nervous no cold sweats no we've got at least until 2030.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there is a way to celebrate what God is doing on the socials, yeah. but when it becomes everyone look at me, look how great my thing is going, that like you say, it just feels a bit saccharine, a bit. It's all about me, and I've got no time for that. And
1: yeah, and I, I, I know you do as well. The and I recognise in this conversation. Reach Australia, straight, Bush, We're on social media, and we we post there. And I, while I don't put that stuff up there, I approve the stuff that goes up there, and uh, I recognise it's a, it's a helpful way to communicate with people what's happening. So you, you I sound understand.
0: Like, you sound like the you sound like the uh, Saul standing and approving at the stoning of Stephen, and Derek was there <laughs> approving social media posts while pretending to disdain it. <laughs> That's
1: exactly how it feels. Sometimes it feels very, very dirty. Things I, yeah, no, but but I recognise it. So there's a part of me. I know it's a it's a helpful tool in in order to help other people engage in yeah. the history we're doing. Yeah. Um, and yet, uh, I think it's the so just to push into the next era. There sometimes is this conversation around. This is just the next version of the printing press. Just get with the times. This yeah. is how we do stuff now. This is mass communication, and so we need to use it but i don't i don't i think while there might be some similarities in terms of movement forward in communication yeah. there is something fundamentally different about social media than there is about the gutenberg
0: now when it comes to your argument that the social media is just the next version of the printing press obviously there's a truth in there this yes. is this is a way that people can communicate with people in a hitherto uh, un foreseen way that has great possibility like the way that twitter especially has been able to recruit people who aren't friends with each other to get Mm. on board um social change initiatives and like even on a governmental and kind of country toppling scale is fantastic but you can't or or disturbing depending on what the ends are that's right and then i was just about to say but you can't have that without also the capacity for people who want to do great damage banding together and bringing their resources together in a way that has been hitherto unimaginable. Uh, So one of the, one of the things I noted down before we started talking was the idea that social media is a neutral platform and that Mm. it depends on the desire of the people who are part of it. Now I don't really believe that. I don't think social media is neutral. Because None. it's because it's free, and so anyone who in, indulges in it or takes part in it, we are the product. Mm. Um, so we're we're paying with information of ourselves and openness about our own stuff. And the question there is: Am I willing to put my information in that place um, for the sake of whatever benefit I think I'm going to get? So um, yeah. can I talk a little bit about? Uh, how we think about this in church communication stuff?
1: Please, that's good,
0: yep. Um, so so today, yeah. today's a Monday, and so this afternoon we send out our church weekly email. Um, I'm a fan of uh, Stuart Starr, who's up at uh, Oran Park, Anglican, uh, and has thought a fair bit about uh, church comms. And in his footsteps, we do, a, we do a weekly email, which has everything you could possibly want to know about what is on at church. It's a long email. It's got links to everything that's happening. Uh, and that is our main communication channel because we have decided that for most people at church, email is the most reliable thing. We print out a news sheet on a Sunday, which gets given to everyone at our 8 a.m. service which some people at our 10 a.m. service take and no one at Night Church knows exists. Um, and then the link to that email goes in the internal Facebook group and to the Night Church messenger thread because that's the way we're convinced that we can help c- keep people posted about what's important at church. Mm-hmm. So that's so you've got an in- internal focus there for some of those groups. Yeah, so Facebook style, we've got a a church Facebook page, which Mm. our mindset on that is a bit like the website. It's our public face. So it it says what's happening at church, how you can get to know Jesus, how you can find us, but it's not for – I don't expect people from our church to look at our church website Mm. because they've got all the stuff they need to know. Um, And in the same way, the church – facebook page is really for people who are trying to find a play group or find out about jesus or find out what church is about and then our internal stuff is where we talk about what we're praying for and all down to who's trying to get rid of a couch and who can use it
1: Mm. youth
0: youth group want to borrow a tarago who's got one (laughs) so um okay that's good that's
1: helpful now let me ask a question in here because that's it's very thoughtful like the 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 segments you've got within the church itself, how to effectively communicate with them. One of the underlying questions I have with social media as a whole is: I I see and read in the research that shows how much of a detrimental effect Instagram, Facebook, the TikTok. Yeah. Whatever else you want to add in there. Sorry. Has when, you, to,
0: when you say the TikTok, can you say it with like a evil <laughs> Scottish accent? <laughs> I, I can't because whenever I try and do accents, they always turn you to one particular
1: country, and I don't think we want to open up <laughs> that kind of worms here on the record. Um, so the the problem the problem with social media, the research points it it has a significantly um, significant impact on the mental health. Um, and influence of young people now one of my questions in this is as a church as we seek to care for uh young people within our community by utilizing social media are we are we encouraging they're all i know they're already on it but are we encouraging them to stay on it and buying into a narrative, which will ultimately be unhelpful for them? Or do we need to set a different trajectory as hard as it might be, and as inconvenient as it might be in order to care for them well? I, I think that's a that's a question I have, and yeah, I, I'm grappling with. So I don't wanna buy into what the world is saying, use this as convenient, when the impact is so detrimental and that research is more and more coming out on that. Um, so, you know, thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. And no one can argue with the reality that especially for uh, teenage girls, uh, the mental health stuff and hours on social media is exactly parallel to bad mental health. Um, And for guys, the accessibility of porn on uh, any device that they've got access to is absolutely uh, detrimental to long-term both mental health and... uh, expectations about sexual practice and Mm. what it means to be followers of Jesus in a world where temptation is even more at our fingertips. Um, So yeah, on one hand, can't disagree with the fact that uh, social media can be extremely damaging. One of the questions that is complicated for, uh, like you and I both have teenage kids. um, Mm. One of the questions that Christian parents and therefore leaders of Christian youth and children's activities are asking is, where does church bump up against parenting convictions on this? Um, So one of the things I love about our youth minister, Jimmy, is that he sends around an email to our youth parents every Friday Mm -hmm. talking about what's on at youth. Now, Mm -hmm. that's very different to chucking up an Insta reel about the cool stuff that's happening at youth. I don't mind if that happens. It doesn't happen very often with our youth because we don't think that the way that people come to or get excited about what's on at youth is based on what's on social media. People come because of personal invitation and personal connection. Mm. Uh, and so the, the meta question of should we get involved in it because it has the capacity to be dangerous has layers of layers of complexity to it because Christians live in the real world. But but on that
1: just on uh, but on that it's not just um, the possibility of being dangerous it's a level of possibility it's the direct correlation we see in such an incre- increased capacity to other forms of mediums to other other environments that's my nervousness it has such an, uh, such a significant impact compared to other things.
0: That's where my concerns are. Sorry. And so I think, yeah, no, that's, I mean, you're not wrong, but your question as a church leader or as an organizational leader is if people are going to be on this um, stream or on this platform, is it better for me to have some presence on it and to be a a retrieval ethic, if you want to speak theologically, Mm. is it better for me Mm. to do something in this space that is beneficial and a different voice you know, the voice calling in the wilderness, uh, mm. a prophetic voice, if you want to use that language, or is it better just to say, we don't do this and you shouldn't mm. either? And, you know, yeah, that's where you and I, I think, land in different places. Um, you've said, I'm not going to have anything to do with it except to check in with my soccer team. And I respect that mm. choice, but it's not a particularly nuanced one. Um, <laughs> one of the moments that I really... Uh, have loved seeing in the last few years is there's a bunch of guys uh, in Wollongong, a bunch of different churches connected through the uni ministry mostly. Um, we were sitting down together for a coffee and one guy showed up and gave his phone to his mate and his mate was the one that had the security code for installing new apps mm. um, because they made a you know deal with each other that they wouldn't be able to do dodgy things on their phones and that their friend would help them by, you know, not letting them make dumb decisions at dumb times of day. And I thought, wow, there's a deep, there's a deep conviction about holiness here that hasn't got anything to do with me, but I just was absolutely gobsmacked in a beautiful way. Here are some people who, here are some people who like you desire good things for the kingdom And Mm. have worked out ways to be in the world but not be shaped by it to recognise that we need to put stuff in place, you know, to recognise our own sinfulness but also to be a good voice in the realm. And I think that's probably where you and I differ kind of, not necessarily theologically, but when it comes to the pragmatics, I'd rather be a voice in the sphere and to have other people Mm. see that it's possible to be a Christian on social media without it being a narcissism fest.
1: Yes, yeah and I've seen that. I, I've I, well, I know you well enough, but I've seen enough of the uh, stuff you put on social media to know that you you reflect and implement that. Um, and I it's interesting because I I am actually not saying everyone should get off social media. Um, I know I may have said that before, but I don't think that. I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a mass evil that we need to just wipe the floor from. I think we do need to thoughtfully engage. I think retrieval ethic is a really helpful framework in which to engage in this space. Um, I would say for me personally, um, I found it incredibly... I I feel like I lost weeks of my life on social media when something you say would blow up and it would happen outside of your community. You'd say something and appear on social media or something would happen even independently of you and you would spend weeks... Sorting out something on social media that just has a life of its own, independent from my mission, and the work I have in leading God's people and reaching a loss where I am, and so for me, I saw uh, it being more detrimental to the thing that I was commissioned to do and trying to do uh, than actually. Now, maybe other people are more nuanced. Now you've mentioned that I'm not that nuanced. That's true. In in no in no area of my life am I uh, am I nuanced, but I think. I see it's so often hijacking leadership and ministries and thinking maybe you would be better off just
0: pulling back
1: um, yeah. for a while and uh, so I've, yeah and
0: I reckon in in the last 10 years I'm much quicker to pull out of discussions even on my own Facebook stuff mm. um, because I've got we've lived in the inner west of Sydney uh, as well as in Wollongong we've lived I've got friends in all sorts of situations and convictions about, you know, what's true in the world. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty easy for my Facebook to blow up into, Oh, well, you're just a Christian bigot. uh, When people say things that don't have any level of nuance. Uh, And I'm happy for things to tick away without me particularly engaging in them because I'm not persuaded that uh, Facebook changes people's minds very often. I think it does sometimes, but Rarely, uh, what I hear you trying to protect, and I think this is a real danger for church leaders who are committed to using social media in the public sphere, is just to spend a whole stack of time on it. Um, oh, it's yeah. When you were it a just, when you were a pastor, and me as a person who's supported by the generosity of people in our parish, um, I have to give an accounting of my time to God first of all. And to those uh, who I sit under their oversight to say, you know, are you using your time in a way that benefits the kingdom? First of all, that benefits uh, people in our parish, both those at church and those who don't yet know Jesus. I, yeah. I feel like that's what you're trying to protect. Mm,
1: absolutely. And I'm, I'm unconvinced about the argument that uh, social media can reach people and change minds. Sure, it's happened. I can. We can all have anecdotal stories about where someone has become a Christian because of some post. Uh, and I think I'd argue I can give you hundreds more stories where it's been detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. the The physicality of eyeballing and investing time in people that we know and in relationship with, rather than some random person, um, is much more powerful uh, than than me justifying engaging on social media. Uh, where it might be virtue signalling, it might look great, but actually has no impact on the ground. So I'm not saying it can't ever have an impact. I'm just saying I think if you've got two levers to pull, don't pull the social media one.
0: Um, but you see what you did there is that you said that there were two levers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, rec- <laughs> uh, I recognise I re- the caricature.
0: I respect you there, binary boy. Um, I love I love I love zeros and ones as much as the next guy. Uh.
1: Well, when I when I did my IT degree, it was all about punch cards anyway. So, but look, I I I recognise in this conversation that, that so look I sometimes overstate the case, um, and I'm not trying to say don't. But the thing you have brought you have healthfully brought, and this is my, this is really the heart and why I wanted you on because you you have you are thinking theologically. Into these categories, rather than assuming that you just engage in a in a with lack of framework. Now, I'm not saying everyone engages with lack of framework, but there is a there's deep thought that needs to go into how we engage in this space, rather than just sucking up what everyone else does.
0: Yeah, and look, I, uh, I bet you you talk about deep thought. One of the implications of living in a social media world is that people's concentration levels have reduced Mm. remarkably because not just tv shows but that's a step you know you could make the argument that tv shows with whatever is what is it 11 minutes between ad runs or nine minutes Mm. that that's that tv started shortening people's attention span and then the internet did that even further and so we we're losing the capacity to do what would cal cal newport say deep deep thought deep work Mm. um one of the guys, yeah. one of the guys I've worked with, Andrew Errington, who's the rector at Newtown Anglican at the moment. Um, you know, he's a deep, deep thinker, and Ooh. pushed pushed back from being involved in social media because he's convinced that for him, doing the deep thinking, long form work is a way that he ministers to uh, his congregation and to the kingdom, and I really respect that. He's on Twitter and posts ridiculous things there, which is great, um, but he's not on every five minutes. Um, mm. Yeah, and so I think one of the ways I think about my social media presence is, you know, as, uh, as ministers of the gospel, Ephesians 4 is we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And so just like in church, when you're preaching or when you're chatting to people, we're helping people who are still growing in their maturity learn how to put into words and into practice uh, theologically rich and nuanced ways of speaking about Jesus in the public sphere. And not every Christian is naturally good at that.
1: No. And I think that's that therein is not to start off a, a, another tent of the conversation, but, but just say so I think that's my do. Is that the most effective way for us to teach people how to be godly, gracious, winsome um, people in the relationships they find themselves in. I, look, it can be. Um, I suspect some people will pick up the way in which you model and run with it, as they would do in, in you talking to them or preaching from the front. And and other people uh, will completely misunderstand. And because of the access social media gives them to a wider audience, it will have a far greater negative impact than it possibly
0: could otherwise Um I, I don't buy the um the kind of hero version of pastors on social media that whatever I say people will you know latch onto and that'll shape them. Um, yeah. My view of pastoring is that uh, I do this thing with God's people through the week to help train and equip them for the ministries and places they go into. Uh, you know our church has five priorities and the third one is reaching local subcultures because i'm Mm -hmm. convinced that every person in our church has a network of relationships with people that no one else has access to and so our work as ministers is to equip god's people to be salt and light and be able to speak winsomely about jesus give an account for the hope that they have in those places where there's no other christians Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think A little bit of my presence on social media where you keep it real, you recognize your imperfections, but you show how Jesus is a part of what you're doing in all the things. Uh, That's a little bit of why I think it's useful for me to have a social media presence. Not because it's all about me, but it's just part of being a model of being a Christian in the real world. Well, we do need to wrap up. And I, Again, the reason
1: I was keen to have you on, because I know I've seen your engagement. I know you personally, and I know it's not about you. I know it is about Jesus, and I know that uh, you do engage in a way that is generous and, and godly. Um, can, I, can I ask you, because this is called The One Thing, this podcast, Rog, um, what's the one thing you would want uh, people to think about as it comes to social media engagement as leaders in churches?
0: I think the one thing I would say is that the Bible's picture of the antidote to idolatry is thankfulness the antidote to idolatry is thankfulness and so i wonder how you're using your social media presence whatever it is intimate or large uh, to to show a thankfulness to god like those prayers in the new testament i thank god for you uh, to just be a, a little voice in the darkness of the light that jesus brings where we recognize that all that we have is from god and we are meant to give due thanks to him
1: that's great well Rog, thank you very much for joining us today on the one thing it's good to have you here i love that you're doing what you're doing derek now if you want uh, Rog to start a tiktok account then uh, you can just email us and we oh he's shaking his head no he's shaking his <laughs>